It's Thursday. You know what that means. Welcome in the Highly Disputed. My name is Dylan Bishop, and with me, as always, is Ryan Stickle. How's it going, Ryan? I uh, can't find my Roku remote, so I'm, I'm pretty flustered at the moment. But we have a full house tonight, so maybe they can they can distract me from from my my loss here. Well, hopefully so. And we do have a full. It's a four person call here, which sometimes. This app is weird and just doesn't it doesn't want to support it, but it's working. It's working right now. Uh, first of all, you have to introduce our our esteemed annual guest that we have on the show. This is the uh, highly disputed annual quarterback draft class spectacular, and of course, every year we have to have on the QB guru himself, Derek Classen, now of Bleacher Report, I believe, uh, QB class with a K on Twitter. Uh, Derek, how's it going? Welcome back. Doing good. Glad to be here. This feels like this always feels like um, the real end to my draft season. So it's uh, I'm glad we're here. <laughs> it's a shame you have to sit through seven more days of the uh, of, of this after after this because I, I saw your tweet earlier about how you're just you're just done with this whole thing. I'm ready, man. Press X. Let's let's simulate. Like we let's get out of here. Everything that's going to happen this cycle has already happened, so we're just waiting. Why don't we just hold the draft like at the Super Bowl? Like, let's just get it over with and move Dude, on. Dude, I was saying in a in a group chat earlier, I was like, don't even do the draft. Just let every college player be a free agent after the day after the Super Bowl. Like, I don't want to do any of this. Like, let's just let them loose and do it at the oh, start yeah. of regular free agency as well. Like, just complete. Like, just own the day, own the week. Yes. Really, yes. Yeah, and it's a lot more worker empowerment there. That's like I think we've there's been enough uh, talk, well, not enough, but actually, but there's been a lot of talk about abolishing the draft from very smart people like Bomani Jones and the like, and all over. That it's just this process of yeah. So you're gonna enter the the NFL now, and uh, just imagine any other job where they say, okay, you're going into this field. Uh, there are 32 cities that you could be moving to for your job. You don't get to decide. You don't get to decide how much you're paid. It could be ten million dollars. It could be you know three hundred thousand. It could be you know thirty thousand as a practice squad guy. You don't really get to choose. But uh, good luck. And no, <laughs> uh, so but yeah, so that would be a lot better. But hey, this is what we're stuck with. This is what we have. It makes for interesting content, entertaining television a lot of times. So we got to have guys like Derek on here to tell us how these quarterbacks uh especially how they stack up are they good are they bad are they somewhere in the middle or, who knows but we're here with Derek for that and we also have our resident our other resident quarterback guru now an <laughs> official friend of the show we didn't realize how much of a quarterback whisperer that she was but Susan Harris clearly just read all of the NFL quarterbacks like a book during her first appearance on the show. So she has to be back as the other half of our quarterback analysis. Susan, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. I appreciate the invite back so much. Um, I wouldn't call myself a quarterback whisperer. I'm pretty much just treating this how I would treat the bachelorette. Um, but I, I do appreciate the shout out. <laughs> More similar, more similarities than you realize. I was about to oh, say, I don't, I don't so think much. the NFL draft process is a whole lot different. 
They just, they just don't have roses, and they have hats instead. <laughs> I would really appreciate if Jim Ursay had to get up on the stage and hand Will Levis a rose. Oh, oh man, I, I would, would pay, I would pay to see that. Yeah. Uh, yes, that that's pay per view type content right there. Yeah. So, listen, this is uh. We're gonna go through here. We're not gonna break down every every single quarterback and what they we are. We're gonna have Susan read the room on all of them. But uh, for the most part, there's about five quarterbacks, uh, six for this show, uh, in particular that actually matter. So uh, we're not gonna, you know, make Derek especially give a ten minute breakdown on what he thinks of Dorian Thompson Robinson. <laughs> but I mean, if you feel like doing that, Derek, if you're really passionate about uh, DTR, you can. Uh, you can have at it, but three, uh, three weeks ago, I might've had the energy, but <laughs> I think we're past that. All right. So where I want to start is Derek, this is a, uh, above all us, above all else, a, uh, a shepherd university sports podcast, first and foremost, uh, depending on the week, it, it can uh, be first and foremost, literally anything else, but, it's it's usually supposed to be about Shepherd University sports, and uh, boy, this is the only time that we're gonna probably be able to have you on to talk about sh- any sort of Shepherd guys because Tyson Bagent, uh, the greatest Division two quarterback of all time by all stats and accolades and what what have you, is in this draft, and will he be drafted? I don't know. I'd say there's more momentum around Joey Fisher, our offensive lineman, getting drafted than Tyson but I know that you've put some work into watching some of these games that uh, a lot of times were these via the TV 10 YouTube streams that I was a part of the production sorry about that um, <laughs> but I mean Derek what what do you think about our boy Tyson um he probably will not get drafted just because, like, if you're a D2 guy and you're not an absolute superstar freak athlete, it's probably not going to happen. But he had more to him than I thought I was going to get out of him, honestly. Uh, he was a more accurate thrower than I think I was prepared for. Not even just, like, down to down, but there were a few, like... There were, like, two holy shit throws a game. Um, which I guess when you're playing against that caliber of a defense, you should be able to do it. But it was kind of nice to see him actually be able to pull it off. His arm is pretty good. Um... He's actually a pretty, I don't think he's like that fast in the open field, but he's pretty springy. He's pretty twitchy, like getting in inside and out of the pocket. So that'll probably be pretty useful for him. Um, it's really hard to get a gauge for like how he processes because the caliber of defenses he's playing and like how simple the offense is, is just, you're kind of just, it's a hope and a prayer when you get him to the NFL level and you just hope that he can work hard enough to figure that stuff out. But I mean, he's a good enough athlete. His arm's not that bad. Um, probably needs to learn to throw with a little bit more touch, but I think generally his ball placement is okay. I think he's kind of like, um, if you remember Austin Davis with the Rams, I kind of think he's something like that, which like, that's a player who can stick. Yeah, I, that, that makes a lot of sense. A guy that can, he can be on a roster. If there comes a time and a place where you need him to actually get on the field and play actual snaps. It's not going to be the worst thing in the world. Uh, it, you know, get him some, those preseason reps against, you know, the NFL level of competition. And eventually, you know, he'll, he'll stick to a roster somewhere, I, I think. Yeah, he should be able to with, like, like I said, with that athletic profile, 
I mean, just the fact that he's going to be able to um, make some plays outside the pocket and be annoying, I think is always actually good for like a young quarterback because uh, adjusting to the NFL, even for guys who should be able to adjust to the NFL fairly well is already hard. And so if you don't have that ability to make plays outside the pocket and when, when stuff breaks down, uh, you're going to have a bad time, but he at least has that and that's going to give him a chance to stick and we'll see if he does. Makes sense. So, uh, uh, Susan, uh, you're obviously uh, you're just a couple what two within two weeks away from uh, graduating from Shepard here. So early congratulations on that. I'm sure you got that. You got that in the bag. But uh, that means that I think, you know, you're involved in a lot of things around uh, Shepard's campus. Uh, I've made the joke before that you and uh, previous soccer captain Ali Nazarok kind of just run that campus. Uh, what, what can you tell us about, uh, about Tyson that, uh, you know, just, uh, from the vibes you've gotten and, uh, from what you know, that you're, that you're willing to share. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Well, um, I definitely don't know anything about him. That would be bad to put on a podcast that's going online. Ha ha ha. I definitely don't have a red dot to my chest right now. Ha ha. <laughs> um, no, but for real, I've, I've never actually heard anything that's like, I wouldn't just expect from a guy who has a chance to go to the NFL. Like I've never heard anything ridiculous um, about him. He's always come off as a very respectful guy. Um, he, you know, praises Shepard a lot and thanks them a lot for the opportunities they've given him. So I can't really like, you know, he, he seems like a genuinely good guy um, for how he plays. Can't really say anything. Cause I'm normally enjoying a hot girl beverage outside the stadium and don't actually <laughs> normally make it in. Um, but he, he seems, he seems like a pretty fairly normal person. Um, except the toe spacers that he posts about on Instagram. Um, (laughs) but my only comment about that is just the free feet. Um, I feel like. He's got to put this behind a paywall, right? Yeah. Put them behind a paywall. Um, at this point, I I don't want to see men's feet online anywhere actually. Um, or in person. (laughs) So, <laughs> socks on yeah. in the house, everybody. Yeah, please. You know, it, it honestly might be a red flag that you think he's a pretty normal person because NFL quarterbacks and really NFL players in general are just kind of lunatics. So, it might be a red flag him being normal. Yeah. Well, I you know, there's a lot that yeah. could be said. <laughs> yeah. That I don't think we're gonna say. But anyway, uh, so before we get into this, uh. I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna do. I gave I gave you the uh, the quarterbacks in three batches, uh, Susan. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go. I'll let you run down the list, and then I'm gonna we're gonna go through those names. See if uh, Derek has anything he wants to say about them. So, uh, the, this first group, uh, we already given you Tyson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next three that I uh, we're gonna go with here is uh, Aiden O'Connell. Max Duggan and Jaron Hall. Uh, Susan, uh, what do you, what what are we seeing from from this group of men? Um, from Aiden O'Connell, it definitely makes sense that uh, he was born in Illinois. You just look <laughs> at him and say, "Yeah, that 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 he he grew up in the Midwest." Um, he 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 looks like he grew up on a farm. He, I, you could find him at like a Jason Aldean concert. Oh, definitely. He's just giving me that vibe. Um, he's 
kind of old too. He's like 24 years old. Um, I don't know. Maybe he just stayed in college for a long time. <laughs> Who's to say? Everybody. They've all got um, that here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. He, he looks okay. He just looks like he grew up on a farm. I would know. Um, <laughs> this next one, Mac, Max Dugan. Um, he kind of just looks like he's scared of the camera. <laughs> I feel yeah. like they could have, he, he looks kind. He looks like he has kind eyes. Um, wow. but he's also, um, he's scared he of the bright school, lights is what you're saying. Yeah, he looked, he went pressure. to, mm. he taught, or he, uh, he didn't teach there. Um, I don't think he's going to teach anywhere. He went to TCU, um, and I don't have much hope for men who went to college in Texas. I don't really feel like Texas really uh, brings ah. out the best in men in college. I was going to say, so, you know, if, there, if there's any of these quarterbacks that are going to have to become a teacher at some point in their life because it doesn't work out, <laughs> Max Duggan might be high on the list. Maybe like gym <laughs> teacher, but not like yeah. teaching at a college or university. Um, no, he looks like he definitely cracks a cold one open with the boys, like, a lot. Um, and that's, like, the highlight of his life. And he makes that, like, the highlight and the priority of living. He's Um, just like me. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to say you have substance, Dylan. Um, for him, I I don't know if that's what I'm seeing right now. Beyond the football and the the beer. Fair enough. Maybe I'm just reading him wrong. Um, Jaron Hall, he is 25 years old, um, from Utah, Uh. (laughs) and he went to BYU, um, as a person, those are red flags for me, um, I don't really think anyone who went to BYU and I would get along necessarily, um, he also looks like he's a little bit uh, new to the media room um, and a little <laughs> bit dazed and confused in front of the lights. So you're, but, saying a, you're saying a BYU quarterback wouldn't do well in the NFL? Um, well, <laughs> from what we have to go off right now, um, as long as he doesn't sleep with his best friend's mom, <laughs> um, he might have a little bit more going for him. She knows ball. But as to whether he's actually going to do well in the NFL, once again, never been to an NFL game, um, probably wouldn't make it into that stadium either. Um, I would probably just sit outside. That's fair enough. Uh, Derek, should we care at all about Aiden O'Connell, Max Duggan, or Jaron Hall? Uh, Duggan, absolutely not. Zero chance. I think his best bet is to be like a half version of Taysom Hill. So that one's a no. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's looking tough for him. Can um, I get the legs half at least? Like the bottom. That's half? that's the only half he probably has. I don't think he even has the arm half. So Oof. that that's Oof. gonna be tough for him. He he's a special teamer. R.I.P. Hall and O'Connell will be drafted. O'Connell is just another big white Big Ten guy who has an arm. That's really all there is to it. He literally can't move. If you put cement in his feet, he wouldn't play any different. Uh, Jaron Hall is almost like a, it's almost like if Zach Wilson was a prospect and didn't have the fake COVID year where he looked incredible, that's kind of what Jaron Hall is. 
um, <laughs> which is fine if you're drafting him on day three and he doesn't, you know, sleep with his best friend's mother and all that sort of stuff. So I don't go. know. He'll be fun as a fifth round pick and you see what he does in the preseason, but there's not a whole lot going on there. So the Jets shouldn't draft him second overall. I would say no, they probably should not do that. But Joe Douglas is not the greatest decision maker. So you never know. Well, it's a good thing the Jets don't have the second pick. Uh, I'm gonna no. go, let's let's uh, let's dive into the second group here. Uh, yeah. So um, it's a little bit harder to be mean to the guys that you really don't think are going anywhere because I mean they're not even gonna have the fame and the fortune. They're just gonna have someone being mean to them on a podcast. So <laughs> these next guys, so... for, though, that's life in the mean. NFL. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can be uh, Stetson Bennett is a multiple-time national champion-winning quarter uh, quarterback, so you can be mean to him. Well, I guess it's good that he is all that because this photo looks like it was taken from a board of governors profile <laughs> on a university website. Um, he looks like he comes from old money, but like not in the good way, not in the like uh, it's going to get you a hot wife way, like uh, you get away with everything because you have money way. What if I what if I told you his name uh, was specifically Stetson Bennett the fourth? Uh, he um, <laughs> he looks like he says, "Do you know who my dad is?" <laughs> um, he he looks like he's only in his fraternity because they wanted the endowment. Um, <laughs> so he, what is, what, is, what? Let me hear your thoughts on this because he. I guess a few months ago, right after they they won the title, uh, was arrested for and make sh- let me make sure I get it right. Was it public intoxication? Yes, public intoxication while yes, skipping and, and, the senior bowl. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 he he did that, and it is currently hurting his his draft stock. Not that you know he had any real promise there. So well, does that surprise you that he would be involved in that incident? Can you can you really blame him when this is the first thing he's ever faced in his life that his dad can't buy his way out of? Like, <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> I mean, Stetson Bennett the third put yeah. his feet to the fire somehow, but like, right. you know, the poor kid's probably never had like an original thought that he didn't run through paw and papa. So, well, hang on now. Let's not call him a kid. He's like, 36. I was gonna say, he's what. <laughs> He's like, I think he's actually 25 years old. 25 years old. Well, okay. Let's minus 10 years for the being sheltered and another minus five years for the money. So how does, how old does that make him 10? Mm. Mentally? Yeah. That does not sound about right. Exactly. So the rare quarter life crisis at 10 years old. Yeah. But yeah, I, I also, again, don't think they should have used this media photo or published it anywhere because it makes him look like. It was a portrait that they painted in the Deep South. <laughs> All right. Well, how about Dorian Thompson Robinson? We, what, he's, um, this picture the, is better for him. Yes, he does look, he looks kind and friendly in this photo. Um, however, his Google photos that I have in front of him are all kind of weird. So um, some social media manager out there does not like him. Um I don't know. He he looks like he's cool, but I don't, you know, he looks like he's just a nice guy. Like, there's not much going on behind the face. Um, it's a red flag as a quarterback. 
Yeah, I you need to be sinister in some way. Like you need to look like you have Disney villain potential. I feel like to be a good quarterback. That's been our theory on the show. That's why Tom Brady paid to have his face look that way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, you you had a thought that you held back in our in uh, before we started recording about Clayton Toon. I gotta hear it. Um, I think I was getting him mixed up with Tanner McKee. Oh boy. So we'll save that. But um, Clayton Toon looks like he's still in high school. Um, if not for the neck beard, um, he, he once again looks like he would make being in a fraternity his entire personality. I was going to say he looked like the quiet, uh, quiet guy in a frat. Yeah. yeah, He would like pipe up every once in a while and like try to make a comment that makes everyone laugh, but it's more just like cringy and you're like, oh, you should have stayed quiet. Um, that's the kind (laughs) of vibe I'm getting from him. Um, he has really white teeth. Which is like, I don't know. I get the vibe. Good it's like he, he, he shows up to all the things that the frat does, but not because he's invited, but because he's, he's friends with the people that were invited. Yeah, well, he shows up because he's allowed. He, he shows up because he's allowed to be there because he's a brother, but like not because anyone wants him there and not because he's going to make exec next year. Like, you know, they gave him a bid because they needed to, they needed to fill their roster for the upcoming year. <laughs> um, but he doesn't really look like he um, has too many amazing ideas to, you know, make them better on campus or, you know, further their philanthropy behind those eyes. So, yeah. Well, that's a Dana Holgerson quarterback for you. Uh, <laughs> I don't Jake know what Hainer, that means. Don't worry about but, it. But, okay, I won't. Jake Hayner. Um, he looks like he calls in bomb threats. He, um, <laughs> why is he not in a jersey in this photo? Um, he just, he's, he's the, he's the kind of person that even though he is a college quarterback, if he DMs you on Instagram, you don't answer it. And everyone in your sorority knows not to answer those DMs. Ooh. Um, he just gives me walks, walks around campus alone at night type vibes. You know, mm. just because it's, yeah. yeah. I actually don't like looking at the stock photo of him. I'm yeah, gonna, no, those I'm eyes gonna... are, like, piercing into my soul. I don't like it. Yeah, he does have, he does look sinister enough to be an NFL quarterback, though. That's fair enough. All right. Uh... Um, yeah. <laughs> Tanner McKee? Tanner McKee, first of all, that's such a white-ass name. Like, he has, I know when you go into his house, flour is the most exciting spice that they use. Um, and a home cooked meal. Um, this looks like a stock or like something AI would generate when you say like bachelor or bachelor in paradise. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah it, it does looks look like, like he would finish like sixth on the bachelorette, yeah. And he would be he would only be sixth because he's kind of attractive, but he's also a major douchebag, and she just doesn't want to even like do the hometown <laughs> tour or anything with him. It's not worth it. He's the villain um, of the season, is that what you're saying? No, I wouldn't even say he's the villain of the season. He's not smart enough to be the villain of the season. Oh, he's Stanford man, though. He's just mean. Um, (laughs) Well, okay, I'm not going to say anything about the Ivy League, but um, he just, I don't know. I just, I see him and I want to, like, scoff. Like, (laughs) disappointing. I don't know. His um, 
his Google photos also make him look like even more like he would be on a dating reality TV show, which, you know, if he doesn't get drafted, there's a very fair chance he could just end up on one. It worked um, for Jordan Rogers. Also, again, don't know who that person is, but that would be know. Aaron Rogers' brother. That oh. strange, right? <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, do they not have any strange siblings? Aaron Rodgers himself is. That's true. <laughs> I feel yeah. a very weird dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he looks like he's just a classic white guy. He's gonna be grilling burgers with his kids and have the time of his life. Hell yeah. Um. So good for him, but he he will be having like a white picket fence life or life with a with a blonde haired wife. Fair. All right, uh, Derek. Does does well, how does this group shake out for you? Uh, Stetson, DTR, Toon, Hayner, and McKee. I feel like McKee. I've seen I've seen you talk about a little bit. He's kind of like the net, like the guy that kind of stands out in this tier. Yeah, he's. Uh, all of these guys will probably get drafted. Well, maybe not Stetson because of. One, the DUI stuff, and also, like, at the Combine, he seemed like he had better places to be, which is not really what you want to have. That's not really the attitude you want to have at the Combine. Um, All the other guys will probably get drafted. Yeah, McKee is, I think, the only one that has a shot. Um, He's massive. He's, like, 6'6", 230 or something like that, so he has the frame. His arm is, like, reasonably good. Um, The thing I actually, like, really, really like about him is uh, he's very accurate. I think he actually has, like, my second-best accuracy in my charting or something like that. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's like he knows how to throw around leverage. He knows how to add touch. He knows how to throw every route, has every club in the bag, all that jazz. He can't really move, and he's his deep ball is horrible. So, like, he doesn't have any explosive play potential. But if you just need someone to be competent for a little bit, he can do that. If you just need, like, a Matt Schaub or something, he can do that. So it's not very exciting. He kind of plays like he looks. Um, but that's okay. If you take him in the fourth round, that's okay. That's I would not be surprised that Tanner McKee stands out because his neck is like two miles long. Um, <laughs> That's the Stanford special now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, once it also, I don't know. I really don't know who these social media managers are because their Google photos are so bad. Um, just a little brief, like overview of social media. If you don't want that photo, like to be the only photo representing you, don't post it because it'll end up on Google photos and you will look so bad to people judging you online fair enough it, this is a this is a great example of it right here all right so we've we've moved into the uh the top five the the guys that we're going to discuss here are the guys that are in in the conversation to be drafted in the top in the uh the first round of the draft uh, there's five guys there's four that it seems like it's pretty certain they're going to go in the first round and then a fifth one that we'll get into first Hendon Hooker. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Derek on this one because this it, it's a weird one. I have not seen a lot of positive feedback to the fact that the NFL seems to really like Hendon Hooker. Uh, Derek, how do you feel about him? He is the most confusing first round prospect probably since I've ever done this. And I started in 2013. So it's been a decade and he is the most baffling first round prospect. And that was a baffling draft class in 2013. Yes. Exactly. Like EJ Manuel was quarterback one and he was like, should have probably been a third round pick or something. And Hendon Hooker to me is even more confusing than that. Um, The line I keep going back to is he's going to be 25 going on 26 as a rookie. He's Mm. coming off of an ACL injury as someone who is kind of a runner and also plays in the fakest offense in the entire sport 
that is not a top 100 pick. Like that alone, that profile gone. That's before you even watch the film. And then you watch the film. He doesn't know how to play outside of the pocket. His arm is like fine, but it's not special or anything. It doesn't make you think, oh, we can teach him all this stuff and he can be incredible, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think his accuracy is not quite as good as the completion percentage says. Like to me, he's someone you take in the fifth round or something as a flyer and you're like, maybe, you know, he can be a decent backup and then there's like a 5% chance he becomes something. He's not somebody who goes in the first round. So um, good for him. I mean, he seems like he's a wonderful guy and I think um, teams do love him. Like, I think that part of it is very real. I think teams actually do love talking to him, having him in the room, all that stuff. I just, the player on the field, I, I don't understand. Mm, does he seem like a wonderful guy, Susan? That's, that's what we're here to, that's what, what's their specialty here. Um, I was actually going to say he looks quite kind. Um, he, he looks, he has kind eyes. Um, he doesn't look too sinister. I would say the word is more calculated. Um, I feel, I was going to say that he looks like he's smart. Um, and then I went on Google and I saw that his major was agricultural leadership. Um, what does that even so, mean? <laughs> um, I think that's one of those Tennessee specials. Um, as a little woman in ag, um, go ag, but also like agricultural leadership, like just do FFA in high school, dude. Like, um, oh, so he doesn't really you know, he was going to get nice compliments from me, but not really anymore. Um, his hair used to be better. Um, once again, he's 25 years old. Um, and it doesn't really, you know, it, it doesn't really sound like he's going to do anything later. It sounds like he's going to get pushed around, pulled different places, maybe, you know, do a little bit something exciting like as a backup quarterback, maybe, I don't know, but like not really, he doesn't really seem like he's going to do too much or go anywhere. So uh, maybe he should have picked a better degree. Listen, I think I can speak for the rest of us here on this call that there's nothing, there is absolutely nothing wrong with being a 25 year old man. All right. (laughs) Sorry to all 25 year old men out there. Does that describe everyone, every man on this call, Derek? Are you, are you still, are you 25 or 26? Yeah. For the next five days. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. That's oh, why happy I birthday. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's always around the draft. I remember that. But uh yeah, that's that's I I think what you the main thing that you put out there at, at the at the front, Derek, is the thing, twenty five going on twenty six, the twenty CL and just the, the Mickey Mouse offense of, of Tennessee. It just it just it's an offense that does not exist in the NFL and will not exist because it can't. And I just the NFL is baffling every year with one quarterback or sometimes two, which we might be about to get into, but it's just, these guys are not smart. They're football guys. They're not smart at many things. You would think that they're at least smart at football, but a lot of times they're not even smart at that. And with that, I transition into uh, Will Levis. Um, Susan, how, how are we feeling about the vibes on, on Will Levis? He, I'm going to put this out there, Dylan, and you're immediately going to know what I mean. He looks like someone that I would find attractive in date, um, which probably means that he's a horrible, terrible person. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's good for being an NFL quarterback. <laughs> exactly. So um, that's right. Yeah. He, when you look deeper behind um, his exterior, I feel like he is a evil, sinister person. Um, 
and I think he's going to do great. I think he's going to be amazing. Um, he might win a Super Bowl, uh, for all we know. I, I, I think he has prospects. This is, this is someone to look out for um, because he is truly terrible. <laughs> so this is the guy that's been uh, seen on, on camera eating, eating a banana with the peel still on and uh, putting mayonnaise in his coffee. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the type of weird fucker that I would like. <laughs> yeah. The scariest thing about that is that's probably just the tip of the iceberg, right? Oh, he's a finance major. He's so, <laughs> like, wherever he oh, goes, geez. the police need to be on him immediately. This man is a serial killer. He is a menace to the yeah, public. That, Derek makes a good point, because if the banana and the coffee, like, He's taking videos of that. If that's what he's offering us, I mean, can you imagine? Some I don't want to know what's going on. What does he do behind closed doors and outside of the eye of the U- of the United States government? That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Track also, his I, Google searches. I gotta say, I I hate the last name Levis. It makes me uncomfortable. I hate it. I hate to hear it. <laughs> I don't like to say it. Like it it is a disgusting, like unsatisfying name. So no offense. So with that, yeah, how, how does how does the tape how does the tape look, uh, Derek? <laughs> um, it's okay. Like I think um, Levis is one of those prospects where everyone is just weird about. You know what I mean? Like everyone just has an insane take on him for for one reason or another. Uh, because he came into the season a little bit overhyped, and everyone was like, "He can be Matthew Stafford," and it's like, "Well, that's a little generous." Let's calm down. And then obviously the the Kentucky offense exploded and he didn't look very good. And then and, and then everyone was like, oh my God, he sucks now and he's terrible. And the answer really is somewhere in the middle. Um, he has an awesome arm. He has an absolute rocket launcher. Uh, you see these moments where he's throwing into tight windows exceptionally well. Um, he's really, really tough. Like that man, that man will take a shot straight to the face and get up and throw the same ball again. Like he's just, he's kind of a demon. Um in that sense, which is great for being an NFL quarterback. You kind of, you're going to need to take shots. Like you're going to get hit 20 times a game. You better be able to get up. And I think he has that. Um, he's a pretty good athlete. He's probably not, he's not going to give you 700 yards or whatever on the ground, but he's going to be able to make some plays uh, and move around a little bit. Probably maybe be a little bit of a, a truck in the red zone that could probably be useful. I think he's probably Ryan Tannehill, which is fine. If you're paying Ryan Tannehill rookie deal money, with a 10% chance that he's something else. That's like a, you, you take that in the middle of the first round. That's a reasonably good prospect. I just think everyone's being really weird and either thinks that he's like the second coming of, of Jesus or is completely terrible. Yeah. My, my main thing is Will Levis is that he seems exactly like the type of guy that Jim Ursay would want at fourth overall. Oh, hundred percent. So no doubt about it. That's exactly what I would kind of expect the Colts to, uh, to do. Uh, you know, as we get closer to the draft, only a week away. But <clears throat> moving moving on, we'll get, we might get into that a little bit later here as, as we go through our QBs about what actually is going to happen at the top of the draft. Um, let's go to our, our top three here. Uh, Susan, we'll, we'll go throw to you first on Anthony Richardson. What are, what are the vibes on him? Because this is a it's kind of kind of a uh, a polarizing guy. In terms of his, uh, how his play is, I need to pull him up. I was looking at Will Levis's uh, biceps. Um, <laughs> Anthony Richardson, um, he just looks normal. Um, he, which I think, obviously, like we've talked about, um, he needs some sort of like 
insane edge as a quarterback. Um, he, you know, maybe maybe he is the religious type that we said. Um, you either need to be insane or religious or both. Maybe maybe he's just religious. Um, and maybe maybe that's it. what his yeah. Um, how often does he how often does he post Bible Bible verses? Is there one in his Instagram bio? We exactly. need, these are things we need to look into. Um, we need to have the interns do that. Um, Producer Garrett, get on it. <laughs> um, but no, he he seems like he's a normal, nice dude, which uh, unfortunately doesn't, I think, do much for his prospects. But then again, I have no idea what I'm talking hold, hold, about. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. Cross emoji in the Instagram name. See it's Anthony Richardson with a cross. See, he might actually good. be fine then. <laughs> so this is a, this is this is a great development here. I think he should go. I think he should go first overall. Exactly. Um, but yeah, other than that, he he looks like a normal plain guy. So being religious makes sense. Well, here we go. Transition, Derek. I know you're an Anthony Richardson guy. Tell us uh, tell us more because obviously he's came into the combine and lit it ablaze. Literally the most athletic quarterback in the history of the draft combine. Yeah, I like Anthony Richardson. I think he's another, in some ways, kind of like Levis in that he's misunderstood. I think people see him and they're like, oh my God, it's another big athletic freak who can't throw the ball. It's Josh Allen. And it's like, if you watch him, he's not really like Josh Allen. Josh Allen at Wyoming didn't look like he knew how to play football. He looked like he had just picked it up that morning and just went out there and, and was being a freak athlete. Anthony Richardson, when you watch him, he actually looks like he's trying to play the position. Like his pocket management is incredible. Eyes are downfield. Um, you know, he's not looking to run. Um, he knows how to get to his checkdowns on time. Like he's really, really unsackable, which I think is a pretty important trait to have uh, in the NFL. Just like avoiding negative plays, keeping uh, keeping yourself ahead of the sticks, all that jazz. His processing is not that bad. Like it could stand to obviously get better because he was only a one-year starter, 20 years old. He's just... He's kind of a baby in terms of like playing quarterback at a really high level. But I just see some of the traits where like it seems like he gets it just from the pocket management, from how he understands how to keep himself clean, how he gets to his checkdowns. It just seems like he gets it and just needs more reps to get this thing a little bit more sped up. And then you throw that on top of, like you said, being a one of one freak athlete, like breaking records for the vertical and broad jump at 240 pounds, running a 443 or whatever, like. He's just this bundle of traits that has some flashes on film that look real. And it's like, okay, I'm willing to, I'm willing to, to gamble on this. Yeah. I think that he is the perfect kind of player for Seattle or Detroit. These teams that have top six picks in the draft that have a quarterback that they can play this year instead of him. They have other picks later in the draft if you're the lions sitting there at number six and let's say your top two defensive guys are off the board tyree wilson will anderson and let's say you've got jalen carter off of the board because of his character issues why would you not sit there and just take a guy like anthony richardson or whatever you know if you have cj stroud or someone like that above him take a quarterback there you can sit behind jared goff for a year you can cut jared goff after the season and save $29 million, I think it is. And then you still have the 18th pick in the draft to use on a guy to, say, improve your defense or whatever it might be. And the, the Seahawks are in the same situation, having the fifth pick and the 20th pick. 
especially if he were to, for some reason, fall to those picks in the teens for one of those teams. Why not? Honestly. I'm with you. I think uh, Detroit in particular, actually, because at least with Seattle, one, I think Geno legitimately played like a top 12 quarterback and is better than Jared Goff. Yes. And then also there's like proof of concept with, with the Seahawks organization and Pete Carroll and the coaching staff of being like a high caliber playoff team. Obviously the roster needs a little bit of help with this draft to get there, but like there's proof of concept that they can do that. There's no proof of concept with that, with the lions. So like, why would you be full steam ahead thinking that you can get there with Jared Goff? There's no reason for them to be that brazen when there's zero proof of concept. Even if like, I love Dan Campbell and I think I like a lot of their roster, but it's one of those things where it's like in the NFL, you kind of have to prove it and the lions just haven't gotten there. So they would be the team where I'm more like, all right, man, we know Jared Goff is like quarterback 17. And that's probably not going to be good enough unless your roster is super mega stacked the way that the Rams roster was. And even that wasn't good enough for Jared Goff. They're the team where it's like, all right, let's take the swing. See if maybe he can compete with Jared Goff through his rookie year. If he can't, whatever, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll play him in 2024 or whatever. And then we'll reevaluate and then we'll retake, you know, we'll try to take the division from there. So I think Detroit absolutely should, should be in on him. Definitely. So, uh, Ryan, any any thoughts to add before we move on to our top two? No, I think you guys nailed it. I'm I'm really interested to see what both those teams do because, like you said, I mean, Jared Goff is I mean just clearly not long term. I mean, even last year, at least for me, far exceeded expectations. They they really <laughs> really the Lions overall just they kind of put it together and. Um, he was serviceable at, and at times he was solid. So, um, yeah, I think they have to, they have to take a quarterback because I mean, you figure after this year, assuming things go decently with golf, like their pick isn't going to be that great <laughs> going forward. Right. That's exactly how I'm feeling about it too. Uh, so let's see top two uh, purely based off vibes and, you know, watching college football, I have not dug into the tape in the way that Derek has. Uh, but just going off of who, you know, opinions of people that I trust and things of that nature, what I've seen myself, uh, to me, CJ Shroud is the guy that I would want coming out of this draft class. He's not going to be the one that goes number one overall. He might not be the second quarterback taken, but CJ Stroud is, is the guy that I would – say if you're going to take a quarterback in this draft that's the one that I would want to come out with uh let's start with Susan uh what's what's sort of uh what's the vibe on him so that's I would come to you Susan and say this is the quarterback that I want you got to give me the vibe check on him as a person I like what I see on the field I know it's it's Ohio State and it's all the great players around him but how's how's he how's he check out uh from on a personal level how's he does he pass the vibe check well, Dylan, I would come to you and say I hate him as a person because he he went to Ohio State. Um, that means that you have <laughs> to fair. you have to think about his morals, who he truly deep down is like who he what his character is. Um, you have to question everything, everything you think you know about him as a person because he chose to go to Ohio. Um, Ohio is the worst place on earth. Um, <laughs> verifiably, um, no astronauts. No more astronauts come from any other state than Ohio. Um, and I'm convinced that that's because people are born in Ohio and immediately want to leave Earth in general. Um, Ohio is just <laughs> awful. 
So um, I, w- I would deeply think about him as a person without knowing that he's from Ohio, which is hard to, or he, knowing that he went to Ohio, he's from California, which is hard to overlook. Um, he looks like he doesn't want to be in front of the camera. He does not look like he wants to be there. And that makes me think that he is going to like have a post-game interview where he's just like, I don't want to be here, gives bullshit answers, you know, doesn't really make for those sound bites that you want to represent your team. Um, and it, it, you know, maybe he does play good football, but it doesn't really seem like he's gonna, you know, be sunshine in your locker room or in your post-game interview. Mm. That's fair enough. But uh, if he can make it through those interviews and on the, uh, I think might be able to deal with it uh, for what happens on the field. Uh, Derek, do you, do you back me up on this? Uh, is, is he your number one quarterback? Yeah, he, he was, so just purely watching them, he was my number one quarterback. Um, mostly because it's kind of hard on the field to like poke a hole in his game. He's exceptionally accurate. His arm is really good. He's athletic. Uh, I think he actually got better at understanding how to manage the pocket over his two years as a starter. His processing is and decision-making is mostly good. Obviously, it can still get better because that's true of all these guys to some degree. It's just really hard to find the flaw. Like, I guess you want him to make more plays outside the pocket and play a little looser, but we saw that against Georgia, and it looked incredible. And then he even said at the Combine, like, yeah, I kind of regret not playing outside of the pocket as much. And I think that was actually a pretty mature answer. Um, And then I finally totaled up all my charting numbers, and he is the best, and it's not even close. Like, in almost every category, he's just blowing the doors off of everybody. So that, to me, is like, all right, I already love the film. The charting says he's incredible. It this seems to me like it shouldn't be that much of a debate. Do you, do you put much stock into the fact that he's got these you know great receivers around him like Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to go <clears throat> maybe top fifteen in this draft first potentially first wide receiver off the board Marvin Harrison Jr. probably top five pick next year and that combined with the fact that Justin Fields from Ohio State didn't work out. Or it well, depends on who you ask. If Justin Fields is not working out, uh, it's obviously early, and he's he's on the Bears, which is the thing I always like to emphasize. We have to remember he's on the Bears. Uh, but do you put much stock into that? I personally don't put a whole lot into it. But what what do you what is your perspective on that? I mean, I think it is real. Like I think coming from that offense, it's not just the talent; it's that they do a really really good job of creating space, uh, which is just. Like, not to the, de- the degree of where it's, like, super fake, like Tennessee. They run, like, a fairly normal offense. They're just really, really good at it. And so he's probably going to have to get a little bit more used to, like, the speed of the NFL and, like, what NFL windows look like. But I think he throws exceptionally well into tight windows already, so I think he'll be able to do it in the league. I think, really, it's the offensive line more than the receiver help, especially in 2022. Obviously, in 2021, he had... JSN was healthy, Olave, and then Wilson. So that's like an unbelievable receiving core. In 2022, he had Marvin Harrison and like not a whole lot else. Like, I don't really think the other receivers were actually that good. Like, they're better than your like standard, um, I don't know, Oklahoma State or like just some random other Power Five conference team. But they weren't nearly to the level that Ohio State, I think, is used to, like even in the Fields era and like his 2021 season. So, that to me is not that that big of a concern. Like the fact the fact to me that it seemed like he got better as a player with significantly worse receiver talent for the most part. 
that was actually pretty impressive to me. I do think he's going to have to get used to how congested NFL pockets can be. Cause like, if there is something on film that you can poke out, sometimes he can get a little not as accurate when his, when his uh, platform is like pressed and he has a defensive tackle in his face or something like that. So he's going to have to get used to that, but I just think he's so, so good at everything that he'll, he'll be able to figure it out. And that's exactly, <clears throat> that's exactly why he will be the third quarterback taken because the NFL is stupid, <laughs> as we say every year. Um, so that leads us into something that I don't know. If, I don't know if I think it'd be stupid, maybe in terms of like relative over over CJ Stroud. But at this point, it seems like a virtual lock, especially if you're looking at, let's say, betting odds or whatever, that Bryce Young is going to be the number one pick in the draft to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I'll, I'll throw it to you first, Susan. Uh, first pick in the draft is going to have a lot of attention on him as a, as a person and who he is. Uh, what, what vibes are you getting? Um, he kind of reminds me of the actor who is the current Jake from State Farm, um, which is actually good for him. He's giving me good. He's giving me good vibes. Um, uh, when I read more about him, though, I saw supposedly that he got a ninety-eight out of ninety-nine on the S two cognition test, um, which I then had to Google to see what it was. Um, but you know, if he's smart, then like you might you might really want to pick him because it doesn't seem like a ton of these guys are, you know, geniuses in the classroom or anything like that. Um, but overall, like he seems like he's just a nice dude. Um, I wish I could go harder on the guy who's supposed to be like the first round draft pick, but you know, he, he just seems like a nice guy. There's really not much more I can say about him. So I guess he might be secretly evil if he's actually good at football, but now it's a it's a big debate with the big discussion with him uh, coming into this draft. And the reason that he was maybe not going to be the first pick, uh, despite being a Heisman Trophy winner, is that he's only five foot ten and one eighth. And he had to get up to two hundred and four pounds uh, when weighing in at the combine, usually playing around in the in the one hundred and ninety pound range, which very small for a quarterback uh without having the uh, yeah. uh the yeah, usual sure. perspective what, what is your perspective on a you know a, a short king quarterback well i mean you took the words straight out of my mouth um he's a short king um relative to football um you know may, maybe it's short king summer you know maybe he does really well um despite his height despite his weight um you know i, I do like them on the taller end i like those six foot plus guys, but you know, you know, if he's got a great personality, he's got charisma, you know, maybe it'll take him farther regardless of his height. Now, Derek, are you going to be the wet blanket on this? Because I know at least at some point you had Bryce Young behind both Stroud and Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I still do. Um, it, <laughs> he's such a tough prospect because if he was six two, two fifteen, he would be the first overall pick in the draft. And I wouldn't even think about it. Because you watch him, and, like, the accuracy is awesome. He knows how to make plays outside of the pocket. The poise is incredible. Um, he has that, like – the it factor is such a stupid thing. But, like, when you're watching all the top four prospects and you just have the thought in your mind, like, okay, if I have one drive, who is the guy who's going to go win me the game? 
it probably is Bryce Young. Like, just he has that killer instinct to him. Um, the problem is he's built like me, and that's not good <laughs> for a franchise quarterback. Uh, um, like, he uh, like he weighed in at 204 at the combine. I don't think there's any shot he ever plays over 195. Um, no. And if you look at the list of NFL quarterbacks that have been sub 200 pounds, it's like Seneca Wallace, Madden 2004 legend, and nothing else like it's it's a wasteland of players um and so that's really my problem I actually think like the the thing that I've been saying is I actually think on his rookie deal like those first three to five years I think he could actually be really good like he could give you really good production he could he could play like a top 10 quarterback um you could be really competitive in the playoffs all that stuff I just with being a 195 pound quarterback who doesn't look like he can put on a whole lot more weight and then have the play style like him where he's always playing outside of the pocket, always taking hits, kind of being reckless reckless with his body. I just don't see how he's still playing when he's 28 years old. That's that's really my biggest problem with him. And to me, if you're going to take a guy in the top five, I think a lot of positions you can kind of just draft for that rookie contract and then see what happens after that. I don't think with quarterbacks. Like when you're drafting a quarterback, you want him to be there for 12 years. I, I would be stunned if he's there at the end of 12 years. Man, yeah, I I kind of agree because like when you are that small, and yeah, you'll take hits and like you're you don't have as much muscle, you don't have as much fat, like you're gonna be more brittle. But when someone really gets a hold of him and they go to swing him down to the ground, like he will just ragdoll because it'll be so easy. And we've already seen that with you know we've seen it with Tua already where Tua is just getting, like, smashed to the ground because guys can literally, like, pick him up and body slam him, basically. I think <laughs> I think Bryce Young's best hope is, like, we continue to see so many quarterback injuries that they completely overhaul the rules for that position to where, like, you literally can't tackle them. You just wrap them up. <laughs> like, if, if that happens, he will be a pro bowler for... 15 years <laughs> yeah yeah no like doubt. if they tur- if they turn the quarterback position into like a flag football position he will be unbelievable but until then <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah I, it's just tough he's so small for any nfl player and yeah and i i just can't see it and it, i wish i wish i could he seems like a cool guy it's fun to watch in college but eh. yeah i i, I think I'm with you, Derek, in terms of how you kind of like rank these quarterbacks. Uh, I start with CJ Stroud, who seems like a pretty complete package. Don't want to use the word safe, but out of all the options, it just seems like he's the hardest one to see not being successful. And then I go to Anthony Richardson as like the guy with the highest ceiling. Just like, well, if you have some good coaching and a quarterback that can maybe, if, if need be, uh, that he can sit behind for a year or two. You can turn this bundle of traits and some, you know, some actual football IQ behind it into something. And then I get to the guy where I'm worried about his size, uh, despite how good he is when he's, you know, not being taken to the ground and when he's healthy on the field and whatnot. And then I get to the guy who, you know, puts mayo in his coffee. So <laughs> that's kind of, I'm kind of with you on that in terms of things. So before, so that's Bryce Young seems locked into the first pick 
Uh, we're still a week away. There's a lot of stuff going on beyond that. But before we get to that, uh, we, we mentioned, speaking of a guy who was kind of just a ball of traits who maybe doesn't know how to play football, uh, he might not know a lot of things either uh, outside of football uh, that we mentioned. Josh Allen. Um, Susan, I, I know that uh, you had something on this that you wanted to bring up. You said you were going to uh, scream about. So t- tell us what's going on with Josh Allen, because I don't know if a lot if everyone knows. Um, so I now that I see his ugly mug on Google Images, um, <laughs> I wish I had listened to the previous podcast I was on so I could remember exactly what I said about him. I know it wasn't flattering. Um, it couldn't have been with that neck beard, but um, yeah, so I believe um, reading our messages, I sent you a TikTok about Josh Allen and said, absolutely shaking to talk about this on Thursday. Um, so long story short, um, if you don't know any backstory about him, which you probably won't because it doesn't really seem like he does too much, um, his <laughs> girlfriend and him were together from like high school and she followed him all through like Juco, came with him through college, like, you know, followed him from, I don't even know where to Buffalo, which please don't, you know, like shank me outside Buffalo fans, but Buffalo's Buffalo. I've been to Buffalo a lot and it's not like the best city ever. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to, you know, just setting myself, putting myself up in this girl's position. I've moved to Buffalo for this man. I think I'm going to get the NFL quarterback wife bag um and then she finds out that he cheats on her um he cheats on her um I don't really have any respect for men that cheat um and apparently this is why he kind of like lost it at the end of the season because um she and him potentially got into like a screaming match and the police were involved um and they had to escort him out of his residence. Um, so I, I don't really feel bad for him that he's doing bad now because if you cheat on your girlfriend, I lose all respect for you, um, especially one that followed you to Buffalo. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Man, I, I, I don't really care if he does I, not you know, last yep, long with this franchise. I completely missed all of this. So yeah, the, <laughs> the, word, the this. word on this was that this happened like the day before the divisional round against the Bengals when they lost to Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Oof. So, I mean, and so I think the guy that made that TikTok was like, oh, my, my girlfriend or my sister is friends with a hair salon person, which ha- hair salon uh, gossip is definitely a good way to get some information like this, I'd say. So, um, yeah, I don't know how much time you spend in a hair salon, Dylan or Ryan. Um, I'm assuming it's not a lot. Well, because you guys are both bald. Um, yep. <laughs> but as someone who went to the hair salon today, um, you, you learn a lot of stuff about everyone, um, in a hair salon. And so people, you, you don't might know. think, yeah. You might think, oh, well, you know, is hearsay. Da, da. No, if it came from a hair salon, I believe that almost as much as I believe the word of God. Like, <laughs> there is validity to this. It will be, like, there, I, I believe this. I 100% full-heartedly believe this. Um, and honestly, it makes sense that Joe Burrow beat him because Joe Burrow is a king. So. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I do a lot of, uh, I do my, my self-reflection 
uh, during when I get my hair done because it's just me in the bathroom looking in the mirror, <laughs> shaving my head. Same, yeah. I did it a couple hours ago for myself. I just did it about uh, an hour ago. Nice. Or an hour and a half. Wow, we're, we're, our cycles are in sync. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Uh, uh, Derek, have you heard any of this? Like, probably not, right? A little bit. Um, but until it's substantiated, I'm going to lay off of this one. <laughs> As a Fair enough. You're a respected, <laughs> respected member of football media. And the hey, rest play. of us are not. So that's what our job is to our job is to talk about stuff like this. We so, are the page six of football. That's right. Hey, so, hey somebody's got to be. You know, it's, it's you got to have you got to have a, a, every flavor of news coverage. And don't blame us. Blame TikTok. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll blame TikTok for most things. So that's okay. There we go. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a that's accurate. Um, all right. So before we get out of here, I do want to go into. I don't not the the whole first round of the draft or anything like this, but I'm just for me things are starting to come together at the top, uh, maybe like top six, seven picks of the draft that I think are going certain ways. Uh, so we we talked about how Bryce Young seems to be locked in as the number one pick in the draft. Um, after that, the expectation for a long time was that the Texans at number two, also in dire need of a quarterback, we're probably just going to pick C.J. Stroud. Or at first, the expectation was C.J. Stroud would go first, Bryce Young would go second, because the Texans would run up to the the podium for him. Now it's starting to look like Bryce Young going first, and the Texans don't really like any of the other quarterbacks. So, Derek, this is a situation where the Texans are – a pretty awful team uh, mostly because of the quarterbacks they've been throwing out but also because the rest of the roster is pretty bad too um, and now the expectation is that they're not going to take a quarterback and not only that there's a lot of uh, rumors circulating that they're not even going to take the consensus number one de- defensive player Will Anderson from <coughs> Alabama and they might pick Tyree Wilson of Texas Tech over him uh, so it's kind of in two parts there. Attack it how you want, Derek. Uh, the Texans not taking a quarterback and potentially not even taking Will Anderson also. I, It's weird. <laughs> I think if the Texans do take a quarterback, it will probably be Will Levis, and I think that is a pretty legitimate possibility. Um, but I, don't yeah. think, I also think it's entirely on the table that they don't want to take a quarterback because – the roster is still terrible, and they it's very likely that they will have a top two pick again next year to take either Caleb Williams or Jake May. Now, I think that's a stupid line of thinking because you never know what's going to happen, and if D'Amico Ryans is as good as we think he is, they actually might not be picking top two because I think he's an incredible head coach um, or a, potentially an incredible head coach. We know he's a great defensive coordinator. Um, I think the dumbest part would be not take if they don't take a quarterback, not taking Will Anderson is incredibly stupid. Um, And I like Tyree Wilson. Like Tyree Wilson is one of the like Tyree Wilson is built in a lab to be a player that I like. He's massive, super long arms, plays like an asshole, really good run (laughs) defender. Like that is my kind of player. Will Anderson is just better, man. Like he's just he's the he was the best player in college football for two years. Like I, I don't think we have to make this any more complicated than it's going to get. Like he's a little bit on the smaller side, but he has all the athletic ability, super long arms for his frame, 
unbelievable technique, incredible run defender. Like, just take him and and take the eight-time Pro Bowler and don't even think about it. Right. I I think that's the easy thing. Just the NFL never makes it easy on themselves. Especially the Texans. Yeah, especially the Texans, yeah. I've kind of entirely pivoted away from projecting how – I think NFL, how college players will do in the NFL, like I used to. Like uh, Derek and I have known each other for a long time, mostly through the sort of NFL draft Twitter, uh, having constant conversations on Twitter about these players, how good we think they are, how they translate from college to the NFL. That's just I, I don't feel like doing that work anymore. It's a lot of work for some <laughs> some some. It's a bullshit throwing darts at boards. If they didn't give me money to do it, I wouldn't do it. So, <laughs> exactly. So that's exactly what I was about to get into. I don't make money off of figuring out if players are going to be good in the NFL or not. But you know what? I can make money off every year figuring out which players are going to go where. I, it's because I can bet on that on DraftKings and FanDuel. So that's kind of what I've pivoted to entirely: is figuring out, predicting the draft itself, and not how the players will shake out. I've been looking at this. I do think that they're going to take Tyree Wilson at number two overall. Uh, Lance Zerline of NFL.com, who's very plugged in with Houston, seems to suggest this. Uh, He's all in on saying it's Tyree Wilson. Uh, The NFL in general just does not seem as high on Will Anderson as the media is. The draft media, college football media in general, it seems kind of split on whether they actually think Will Anderson uh, can really get much higher he kind of just is what he is already being at Alabama you know Nick Saban's coached him up to his full potential this is potentially the, the this is the, the thought whereas Tyree Wilson well he could be anything he could even be Will Anderson uh, <laughs> so that's, that's which kind is of, kind of a funny thought for Tyree because I think he's an older prospect right yeah so uh, Pete, this has kind of trickled down now from the beginning of the week till till where we sit now a lot more like Pete Schrager and Daniel Jeremiah and all these guys starting to see a lot more of Tyree Wilson at number two overall in the draft. I think that is how it's going to go. I think the Cardinals would also be one of these teams that honestly would probably pick Tyree Wilson over Will Anderson if given the chance, say if the if Texans or someone else at number two did pick a quarterback. But I think we sit in a situation where Tyree Wilson's going to go number two, Will Anderson goes number three, and that's – that brings us to the Indianapolis Colts. That's the other thing is I, I'm, I'm in the line of thinking with Adam Schefter where he bet Dan Orlovsky. What a terrible bet by Dan Orlovsky, by the way. <laughs> Shocking. He, he's, I don't think he understood what 10 to 1 odds were uh, when he said or 100, <laughs> uh, when he said, I bet you at 10 to 1 that um, Tyree, that, uh, you know, two quarterbacks are taken in the top three. So Adam Schefter knew right away. It's like, okay, if I lose the bet, I'd pay you $10. And if I win the bet, you give me $100. And Dan Orlovsky made a face that was like, I didn't realize that's what I agreed to. (laughs) Uh, um, I didn't find that clip. (laughs) Right, yeah. So um, I'm I'm in the line of thinking with Schefter that I think the second quarterback is going to go off the board at number four uh, to the Colts. And we we already mentioned that I I think – Jim Irsay is going to be a Will Levis guy. And uh, I think uh, I've also heard from gotten some insight that Chris Ballard is also a Will Levis guy. 
And it just seems like the NFL, like with Will Anderson, we've praised Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud more than anyone in this hour that we've been doing this. And the NFL is just like, nah, we're not seeing it, which makes perfect sense. Part of the projection you have to make is the NFL is stupid. They don't know who's good and who's bad. So I, I kind of think it's going to be Will Levis at number four. If he's there for the Colts, they're 100% taking him. Um, because it makes it makes sense from both the Irsay and the, the ballot angle. For Irsay, he sees a big white guy with a huge arm, and he goes, oh, my God, this is Peyton and Andrew over, all over again. <laughs> now, he's probably wrong, but that's what he thinks that he's seeing. Um, and then Ballard, on the other hand, is not necessarily seeing that, but we know Chris Ballard is a guy who absolutely loves traits, and he will bet on guys who just have the physical talent and pray to God that they can figure it out. Um, obviously, I think Anthony Richardson is like a better bet at that particular thing. But like Levis does have some of that to him. He probably has the best arm in the class. Um, and he is like a pretty good athlete. So like I get why they would think that this could be a tools bet. So I think if he's there at four, it's they're turning it. Well, they're not going to turn the card in as fast as possible because none of these teams do that for whatever godforsaken reason. Right, they not even have... the team with the first pick. That's had exactly, but like... they will have decided who they will pick as soon as the pick is ready. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I see, and then that leaves C.J. Stroud to fall to at least five, and I, I I see him somewhere between the five and the seven range. A scenario that makes sense to me is the Seahawks sit there at five. Their top two guys are are not. Uh, on the board in terms of defensive players. And they probably, I, w- I don't want to say probably, but they may not have uh, Jalen Carter on their board because of the character con- character concerns, the off the field issues. Uh, they've had similar issues. You know, they had to go through the Malik McDowell thing with, you know, vehicular incidents off the field. Uh, so if that's the case, they're sitting there like, well, we don't really like any of these guys. Can we get out of this pick? I kind of see the Raiders going from seven to five and pay, and taking CJ Stroud. They might not even need to do that. The maybe the Seahawks just take Jalen Carter and then but to me it's like why we talked about it. Why why the Lions should just take a quarterback. But it doesn't seem like they're going to. And it seems like they would like Jalen Carter at six themselves or a corner. Uh and CJ Stroud could fall to seven. I think it would stop there because Tony Pauline uh, Pro Football Network said that their top two guys on the board. He he said he put out this report in the sent in to say that maybe they'll trade up back into the first round for Hendon Hooker. But in the process, he made that. it. He made it. No- <laughs> in the process, <laughs> he made it known. He said, "Well, the Raiders might do this because in their mind, there's no chance that their top two guys, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, will be there at number seven. I read that and I said, so they could get C.J. Stroud. To me, it makes sense in my mind. The Seahawks might not want to be there at five. The Raiders, hey, you don't have to go all the way to three. You can spend a little less in terms of draft capital, go up to five. Maybe you don't have to do that at all. And C.J. Stroud just falls to you at number seven because the Lions uh, are okay with, you know, getting a better defensive guy and, you know, pushing the pushing life after Jared Goff down the road. Yeah, I think for Seattle – I would be interested in them taking a quarterback, but I don't think they're going to. I think Pete is like 90 years old. Like he, I don't think he actually <laughs> wants to take a quarterback. I think he wants to compete. 
Um, I mean, that's his, that's like his entire mantra, right? Can I, can I just, uh, real quick, I loved how Daniel Jeremiah just put it on his recent uh, podcast with Peter Schrager, where he said that the Seahawks taking pictures with all of the top quarterbacks was like a teenager sending pictures to their parents uh, of them at Bible study and sending so many pictures. And it's like, <laughs> actually, I don't think you're at Bible study. And it's right like, now. hmm, this is suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> so I really like that. Uh, and the, yeah. the Seahawks were in the playoffs. Like, there's there's room to build there. And, you know, they, they kind of got a tough matchup there at San Fran. But, like, the NFC going into the season, once again, is, is still going to be, like, kind of mid, at least compared to the AFC. So, you might as well just go for it. And yeah, just, and, like, their, Gino's their coming back. Like, coming back, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Susan the chance to chime back in here. Let's let the women speak. Okay, well I don't want to now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Dylan. No, that was a bad um, way for me to put it. I'm sorry. Um, I can't say I was paying attention too much as I just let Dylan know. Um, I was trying not to die on the other end of the call. Um, allergies are really getting my butt, but yeah, um, I'll be interested to see what actually happens. Um, as someone who has no knowledge of almost anything going on in this league, except whether the guys are cute or not. Um, I'll be interested to see who goes where and, you know, what numbers they get, I guess. There you go. It's important. The numbers are huge. Yeah. Well, I had to make the attempt like a true male feminist to uh, steamroll over the conversation with along <laughs> with the rest of the men. And then, but then let you uh, have a chance to chime in on a topic that you're actually not interested in. Uh, Don't worry, Dylan. I appreciate you so much for that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't think we have any more to to add to this. I don't have any more to add to the, to the, uh, the top of the draft, at least you got anything, got anything else, Derek? Um, I think if anyone's moving up, it's Tennessee. And I don't think any of the quarterbacks get past 12. Those are my final takes. Hmm. Fair enough. Ryan Stickle. I just want it to be over. I just want to know where everybody's at. Yeah, that too. I want it to be over. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Susan Harris, the final word. Um, I hope they all have fun. That's all we can really hope for. <laughs> Doubt. <laughs> yeah. but if, And of course, we'll see if, if both of our Shepherd Ram boys uh, end up drafted on uh, day three, potentially. I don't know. Mel Kuyper had Joey Fisher going in the third round. So maybe day two. I don't know. Uh, but with that, we say go Rams. We'll probably have another episode before the draft, but still go Rams.